And welcome back to the Part-Time Otaku Podcast. My name is Dave. My name is Grant. And today we are back with Demon Slayer, Season 2, Episode 13 of the whole season, but Episode 6 of the Entertainment District arc. Um, first things first, we are an anime-only podcast. We have not read the manga, so no spoilers there. We know as much as you do in terms of watching the anime. Um, also, a quick shout-out to Reddit user VeganKnight215 for the badass blue Nezuko thumbnail. So So good. Love that one. Uh, yeah. Love me some Nezuko. And lots of Nezuko, and well, not lots, but some great Nezuko moments in this episode, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we jump into the plot, I'm going to read the synopsis. And here we go. Tanjiro's battle with Daki intensifies, triggering some major moments between Tanjiro, Daki, and Nezuko. Meanwhile, Tengen, Inosuke, and Zenitsu make their way to the battlefield. Grant. Dave, we ate good on Sunday. <laughs> we ate good on Sunday. <laughs> It, what uh, a what a what a what a powerhouse of an episode! It's like, truly, truly, um, Demon Slayer. You know, it, I'm, I'm trying not to get too excited, but uh, it's usually dialed in. Like when it's on, it's on. This was like, this reminded me of the movie, honestly. In in, yeah. in certain moments, it was you know the beautiful, last... not just for the sake to be beautiful, but like mm-hmm. every, constructively beautiful in scenes. Like there was a lot of good scene structure. And transitions and stuff they do normally, but it was just so hyper-focused. This episode is awesome, 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 awesome. Yeah, I think we could tell that, like, it was building to something, clearly. Mm -hmm. The last couple of episodes specifically have been pretty conflict-oriented, but you could tell, like, they were kind of holding back a little bit. And Mm -hmm. I think this was, like, the big episode, and, you know, it tees up a lot of more fun stuff to come, no doubt about it. And obviously, I'll just mention as a complete aside that... Uh, this also aired on the day that the premiere of uh, Season 4, Part 2 of Attack on Titan, which mm-hmm. we're also covering. Um, so when Grant says we ate good on Sunday, we, we really did. <laughs> we feasted. Yeah, so the, we'll cover uh, Attack on Titan in a separate ep- episode, but obviously this one is all about Demon Slayer. So, man, I don't even, I don't even know where to start. Maybe we'll just start just, beat by beat. Yeah, um, another another Demon Slayer recap. <laughs> yeah. yeah they, they're really heavy-handed with these this season. Yeah. It's not my hero levels, but they, no. they go back to the well for sure. They definitely do. The whole intro is just a recap of the last episode. Then you get the actual OP. Um, do you think that was because there was some space between, you know, because last episode, the Tanjiro stuff was kind of the top top of the bill. And then it yeah. kind of rounded things out with, you know, a pretty heavy scene with, you know, Zenitsu and Inosuke and Tengen oh, and all that. Oh, I see what you're saying. So it could just be like... Let's make a smooth transition from where we last saw Tandrio. So it kind of—I almost wondered if they did it just to make the scene fuller. You okay, know, like I buy it. I buy yeah. that. I think it's one part that, one part we're saving our animation dollars because this is like probably the most expensive episode they've done. <laughs> yeah, maybe in the whole series, like as far as the actual series goes, not the yeah. movie. Um, we're gonna have to talk about that. Um, but the fight starts up again. Right away, man, like, I could tell something was different. Not that the the animation has certainly not been lackluster. But nope. I don't know if you would say it was, like, if they dialed it to 11 yet. Mm-hmm. But very quickly, and I, I wonder if you can think of the shot, because I remember I've seen it a few times now. There's this moment of, like, the robe attacking Tanjiro. And it the camera, you know, the quote camera that doesn't exist, is facing Well, there might him. as well be a camera. The way yeah. they shoot this show. It's, it's very it's, cinematic. Yeah, it's similar to Arcane because we were talking about that yes. on the post show a few weeks ago. I've noticed since you brought that up, this is way more cinematically shot than I ever thought it was. Yeah, when you put yourself in that frame of mind, yeah. think about, and and for the listener too, th- th- in this show specifically, imagine there's a camera 
because mm-hmm. it feels like they're storyboarding it. I'm sure a lot of animators do this, but with a camera in mind, like all like the pans, right? And and in the scene I'm thinking about, it's Daki's robe attacking Tanjiro, and he's sort of just grinding it, and there's sparks everywhere. But the camera does this like 3D pull, mm. um, sort of from the perspective of Daki. I don't know. It's really fucking cool. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna go like line by line, frame by frame, but we are gonna geek out a bit about this whole thing. <laughs> Count on it. Um. But they start going at it, and then that's when um, her robes start rejoining her very violently. It's it was very weird because like she's like it's almost like she was about to do mid attack, and then like mid air she kind of contorts herself. She almost looks wounded. Yeah, it, and I, was I like, thought what's going on here. I thought reinforcements arrived for a sec. Yeah, that's the exact same thing. That's what I thought. I thought someone hit like a rain shot or, or even I thought Nezuko maybe kind of appeared in this instant, mm-hmm. but uh, obviously that was not the case, but uh. yeah, I, I definitely thought it was reinforcements because so maybe I'll ask this question now. The robes are clearly a part of her. Do you think she quote summoned them or were they independent enough in that moment to get to her? Because one of the biggest things as part of this reveal is once she gets them all in her, um, and they, she's, quote, like, full or at her final she's form. She's whole again. She's whole Once again. Once she's whole again, she now knows that there's a Hashira present. So it's kind of like an interesting mechanic because it's she didn't know that before, almost. Well, there was, like, there was communication between her and the belt prior yeah. to Tengen showing up last yes. episode. So I think, you know, the belt returning was kind of just filling in the dots in, yeah. since she last talked to her, I guess, you know? So I do think it's just a part of her but it's kind of fluid in that way right like the way yeah. these, the demons work and it has the powers. like independent it had like independent knowledge in this instance because she didn't know and then she got the belt and then she knew you know what because, i mean because once she got the belt back it didn't become like he was battling two personalities it was just clearly just docky yeah. so maybe when the belt is apart from her it has some you know sentience but not you know maybe not to the full extent of being mm a being you know you know what it reminds me of is and this is a bit of a stretch but i think if anyone's going to get it it's going to be our listeners sure uh it reminds me of the one sentient horcrux that voldemort made in the harry potter uh franchise the snake is it the snake yeah yeah they they do much better job uh in the books uh explaining this but the whole idea is you know horcruxes are usually inanimate objects but Mm -hmm. he gave one horcrux uh he made the snake into one and it's you know, not recommended you do that because you never know if that alive thing accidentally gets killed, then your a piece of your soul dies with it. I won't go on and on about that. But the whole idea is like he was able to communicate with it because yes. a piece of him lived within it. Oh, but it but it was its okay, own yeah. being. And like the robe seemed to have its own personality, right? It was fighting against Inosuke. Well, there's also that point too. You know, Leanna had pointed out there's the scene where the the robe had a mouth, but she didn't. Yeah. You know, when they were talking back and forth. So maybe it's just like, you know, it's like a familiar almost when it's away. Yeah. From her. I, I think yeah. I was gonna. I, that's what I would. My head canon is it's just a familiar, familiar. to her when it's. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. So a civilian comes out. Um. I, or wait. You know, maybe I'll just mention. Maybe we should a quick note on she. Her. She looks completely different. She looked like Ryu. Yes, the white hair, um, the veins, just all of it, the aesthetic completely changed. Yeah, she lost what little color she had in her skin. You know, she kind of went to like the, you know, the pretty much like bone Mm -hmm. white. 
similar to Ryu in that regard. And then, you know, there's the green, the green, <laughs> the green of the hair, mm-hmm. the tipped hair, I thought was an interesting detail. It, it definitely weirdly made her character pop because it muted it her. Her Contrast. color got completely muted. And I was like, that's kind of an ugly green, but it, you know, it, it works for, for her, I think. But uh, it's, I, I agree. Yeah. It's like, cause so much about her story is about, beauty and especially like as she monologues later this episode and ha- and she has in the past about you know ugly people deserve it more or yeah. less i only mm-hmm. eat or devour uh beautiful people but like her true form is quite ugly quite horrifying mm. um i don't know it's you know maybe a little bit of uh, a little bit of irony but i think it's cool that she has a really defined look if you think about the only other upper six we know akaza same deal very specific look mm. you know it like she was almost too humanoid before this. I agree. Well, he, I would say so far of the two, Akaza is the more humanoid looking. Yes, but neither yeah. of them, you know, she was passing off as a human before this moment. Yes. You know what I mean? She was walking, talking, and, and convincing people she was a human before this moment. Um, okay, so a fellow comes out and is, uh, you know, more or less yelling at them, hey, you're causing a ruckus. He went on a, I, th- I found it was interesting. I thought it was just like, it was, you know, it was words that didn't need to be spoken in the show but like they're so dedicated to this world he immediately yeah. starts going on like hey like fucking like we're not bothering anybody i'm allowed to run my business here because he mentioned the house so i'm wondering if he had his own like um i, I don't know the technical name for him but essentially the houses that they were working in yeah like same, a, a same brothel, kind of yeah. a brothel and you know he's kind of like i'm allowed to do this and da, da, da. like you're not welcome here and then it only works because we're all polite we all respect each other's yeah kind you know, of thing they didn't need to do that. They could have just jumped right to him berating them, and then, you know, what happens, happens. But so, they filled it right in. I agree with you. I You know, in the moment, I was like, okay, maybe they're doing this because they want to be his decapitation or whatever to be, like, all it, they want it to pop more. Because I think every audience member could immediately sniff out, like, oh, she's going to kill him. Mm. It's going to be really intense. Um, but I definitely didn't predict what happened next. No. And that is she decimates the whole block, severing his hand, killing countless of other civilians, and even uh, decimating entire buildings. Yeah. Uh, cuts them clean in half. Beautiful animation, like this pink sort of like lasery effect. And not to mention, she also uh, inflicts a real deep cut uh, into Tendro's shoulder, chestal region. I think Tendro had like, I think he saved that guy. I think mm. like, you know, because there's definitely like a shot of him getting the blade up and there's a connection so I think he saved his life and the guy behind him, but was, you know, obviously the dude lost a hand and Tandra took that, you know, heavy chest blow. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I honestly could not fucking believe what was on screen. I, I was just like, whoa, whoa, what is that? Like, what is happening right now? Like, it was just like absolute chaos. There was no, you know, it was rushing through the scene intentionally because they wanted to show how much damage. Casualties, was. right? Yeah. It reminded me, uh, ironically, of some Attack on Titan, like warfare scenes. Declaration of War? <laughs> yeah, like that. Um, or the follow-up episode to that. Sorry. Yeah. It, it, just all of the... You know, this is probably among the bloodiest that Demon Slayer has been. It's mm. not... It, it is a bloody show, but I think a lot of the time that's sort of softened by the fact that it's demons dying and Demon Slayer is getting hurt. Um, this was just civilians, just innocents, people crying. <laughs> There's severed limbs and bodies oh. in the streets. <laughs> Crazy. And they did not pull away from that. I was like... The only scene I could really think of that, uh, that mirrored that, is the opener of the whole series when Tendro finds his whole family. True. Yeah. But that's, this might be the bloodiest scene, even 
I mean, there are flashes of this in the movie, but nothing so long. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so yeah, that, that was a hell of a tone set. Um, and then we have a quick cut, and this feels maybe a bit out of place, but then maybe not. And we get a cut from Shinjiro, um, and it's a monologue. This is Kyojiro, Rengoku's father, um, telling Tanjiro that he apologizes for their first meeting. Uh, he it mentioned, was beautiful. One, yeah. of the, one of the most beautiful things the show has done is watching a grown man apologize. It was yeah. tremendous. Um, oh, I love it. He mentions that it's been about four months and that they've been, you know, he knows that Tanjiro has been corresponding with his youngest son, Senjiro, and that Senjiro is doing better. Um, and that, you know, he, he goes on to praise uh, Kyodro a little bit, saying, like, I kind of gave up training him after their mother died. He says all the quiet parts out loud that I think the viewer has kind of connected. But I think yeah. the big thing is that, like you said, he's owning up to it, mm-hmm. right? He's apologizing uh, to this kid, and then he he gives us a bit of a lore dump, which I think his character is in a you know particularly unique position to give us. He's been an engine. He's been an engine this season for, yes. for lore. Yeah, he's kind of a Christopher Nolan style exposition machine character. It's Michael Caine. Yeah. Yeah, Michael Caine. Uh, <laughs> I fired you. Um, <laughs> he, uh, but he goes on to say, you know, sun breathing is like the most powerful. You're even more amazing than Kyojiro and. So on and so forth. And I even hear that chosen wielders of sun breathing have these marks on their foreheads. Mm. Now, answer, riddle me this, or answer me this, because I, I genuinely don't know. Up until this point, Tendro then says, I must not be a chosen wielder because I wasn't born with this scar. Mm. I saved my brother from a brazier. Is it brazier? Brazier? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's boiling water or whatever. A brazier. Uh, Brazier, thank you. Uh, so it was a childhood injury that he further made worse during final selection, and that was, you know, we were around for that in season one. I remember, so to answer the question I think you're about to ask is, I remember the expansion of the scar. I don't remember what, there ever being word of how he got the scar okay. originally. That is my memory as well. Yeah. Um, the, o, the OG scar we didn't know, but obviously we knew the, you know, the modification, mm-hmm. the body mod, if you will. Um but then Tanjiro does go on to say, I had heard that my father uh, was born with said faint mark on his forehead. And I believe in uh, flashbacks in season one and perhaps the movie, we do see mm-hmm. like a mark on his dad. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, you know, all of that is sort of tees up what kind of comes next. Because um, he sort of says like, you know, I'm not a chosen wielder, but that doesn't matter. Yeah, no, um, this ain't flying. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and, this isn't going on, on uh, you know, she's not. he's not letting her walk away from yeah. her, which is fucking best boy. Goddamn, I love Tanjiro. And Doki's doing Doki things, right? She sort of dismisses him, and you can tell that she's had a power-up, right? Because he can't track her movements. She's about to leave. Mm. Tanjiro's experiencing, you know, he's thinking about these memories, about the letter from uh, Shinjiro. He's thinking about how he's not a chosen wielder, but fuck that. It doesn't matter. I won't stand for this kind of thing. You know, I'm not yeah. going to allow this kind of tyranny. She more or less says, eh, deal with it. Um, out. Because, she, you know, she's fully interested in pursuing the Hashira um, per Muzan's kind of orders, right? So she's about to peace out, not even finish him off. Um, I do get the vibe that, like, you know, she'll be back. You know, like she knows. Yeah, I think she's kind of talking about that he's like gassed out. Yeah, by like kind of yeah. the, like the trail end of like you know when they were just skirmishing or whatever. So it's, you know, it's it's kind of haunting because you know like she's walking away, but like you know, we obviously know what comes next. But in the moment, it was like, oh, she'll hmm. be back. You know, 
Yeah. Um, so what happens next is pretty crazy. He kind of enters a berserker mode. Uh, mm. That's the best thing. I could, rage mode, berserker. You know, I'm sure there's going to be an official term or maybe not. I don't know. Sure. Uh, but, it, you know, he, his hair changes. Uh, blood stays on his face from it bleeding out of his eyes. And his mm. eyes even turn red with blood. Um, as she's about to, you know, instant transmission out of there, he gets up to the rooftop just in time to grab her leg. He goes for the swing. Uh, she dodges. He cuts off her leg. I'm not going to play out the whole fight. No. <laughs> um, impossible. It's so fast. <laughs> yeah. There, there's an extreme <laughs> amount um, that goes on here. But, you know, they he's completely changed, and he seems uh, pretty angry. And this is quite new for the heightened. audience. He seems heightened. Yeah, on another level. And, um, you know, she's trying to attack him, and he's there's some amazing animation of him deflecting and stuff. And like you said, heightened. He just seems in control. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I thought of, and I'm probably not the first one with this thought, but the first thing I thought of is, oh, this is like when Frieza finally pushed Goku to the brink mm. by killing, what was it, Krillin and Piccolo in rapid succession. His first time becoming a Super Saiyan. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> and and same idea, right? He sort of had this untouchable aura. Um, Frieza all of a sudden is a little bit scared, a little bit hesitant. Like the power dynamic sort of shifts. Yeah. And this is exactly what happens here. Unreal. I fucking love it, man. <laughs> fucking, what is it called there? It's um... Sakuga. No, well, there's that, no, Burning Bones, Summer Sun. I, I had chills oh, when that came up. I was God, like, oh, dude. <laughs> Also, coolest name for a breathing technique, yeah. by far, yeah. because she's collapsing all these things. And I think the audience knows he's got something up his sleeve here, Yes, um, but I don't think we realize how much. Burning Bones, Summer Sun, how badass is that? There's there's a shot of him, like he has his hands in a weird position on the blade. It's like, it's like you know, it's horizontal in front of his face. And he's got like almost oh. a berserk, like over, like if you've seen Berserk the anime or the manga, like mm-hmm. uh, Guts, the main character, he holds this giant blade and it's so big he often just like slugs it over his shoulder like a golf club. Yeah, because it's just and Tanjiro is holding it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like his stance changes, everything seems to, everything seems to change. Um, and then this, then there's a you know potentially one of the biggest moments of the whole episode, and that's when Daki remembers uh, being interrogated the same way, um, because Tanjiro is sort of asking these innocent questions like, "Why would you do this?" Mm-hmm. You know, again, reminds me a lot of Goku stuff. Like, what do you get out of this? You know, like, very genuine... Tanjiro Fair. This is, you know, this is kind of what we've seen from him. This yeah. Is not, not that it's like we've seen it before and blah, blah, blah kind of thing, but this is his role, right? He's the, like, why do you hurt people? You know, he's the MC. This is most typical Fair in the episode, I find. But, yeah, uh, you could argue potentially naive questions, but again, sure. like, you know, it's because, and I think the movie did a really good job of enforcing, like, how pure his character is, pure of heart, so... Yeah. These things, these acts of violence and cruelty really don't make sense to him. Like, it just doesn't mesh. Mm-hmm. And you can see he's, like, actively trying to figure it out. And uh, no bueno. Um, and that's when it triggers these this memory of an, a similar interrogation for Doki. But she realizes it's not her memory. This is maybe, like I said, one of my favorite parts of the episode. Yeah. So, she see, you know, we get a flash of a similar-looking person asking similar questions questions and she realizes these are muzon's memories mm-hmm. and you know it connects a lot of dots we we were aware of this they hinted at this kind of stuff in season one um but uh, you know it, it feels like a little bit more clear that um 
Muzon's had a run-in that probably didn't go well for him. Uh, with this person, the, here's the major question. It's clearly his dad, right? Well, this is my question. Is it his dad or is it an ancestor? Like, you know, we, is it, we know that the Hinokami Kagura, I think his father did it. His father taught him, but did his dad... His dad might not have been a demon slayer, but it was, it was passed down to him to yeah. continue passing down. So is it a dad or, or mm. is it the father or is it, um, is it deeper and further back than that? Because we do have to keep in mind the scope and of the history of the show. Daki herself is hundreds of years old. Yeah, no, for sure. So it would seem unlikely to me that this happened like 40 years ago mm, and it, it's, thought of that. And it's bothering Muzan this much. As opposed to, in my mind, I'm like, maybe this is something that happened to him very early in his development, and it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, 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 100%. Been a thorn in his side. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of it that way. And I guess, like, you know, it's it gets a little sticky with the whole cell thing. Like, these are Muzan's, you know, cells, and these are his memories. Like, yeah. we don't really know how time works in that way. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's fantasy in that regard, but it's, I don't know, it's so many, this episode, like, it reminds me of... When we first met, you know, uh, Sinjiro, like Rengoku's dad, there, mm-hmm. there's just so many things throughout the episode. They just like trickled along of like, oh, like here's a ton of lore, but like, let's see where that comes from. And this episode kind of reminds me of the same thing. There's just so many instances in this episode where there's upgrades, mm-hmm. there's lore dumps, there's this and there's that. It's just, it's information galore and I love it. And then they somehow fit into all this action. But uh, no, I don't know. It's, I think the ancestor thing makes more sense now that we're talking about it out loud. Mm. It might not be his father, but uh I feel like... But clearly, it, clearly yeah. relation. Clearly blood 100%. relation. Yeah, hairline and everything. It's, yeah, it's... That person from that flashback had a red, uh, had a scar very mm. similar to Tanjiro's. Hair similar to his... The hair is really close to his dad's from what I remember. And that's mm-hmm. why I was like, oh, maybe that is the dad. You know, but I don't know. I don't know. Could be, you know, it, it could be... Maybe it could have been his dad, and the reason that Muzan went out to that place was to get... He found him, enacted mm-hmm. revenge. You know, he was too weak to defend himself kind of thing. And Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, okay, I'll, I'll mention this now because you know, I'm skip ahead very briefly. But we, we later get a flashback to Muzan talking to Daki, mm-hmm. um, saying that just like Lady Tamayo, if you mm-hmm. remember her from season one, we haven't seen or heard from her. Interested? I hope we maybe get something from her this season. Um, but just like her... Felt like a tee-up to me. <laughs> yeah, Nezuko has escaped. Mm-hmm. And he says, Daki, I want you to take care of her. He even goes so far as to describe what she, describe what she wears. If you remember, he did the exact same thing with uh, those two demons back in season one when, they, when he sicked them on Tanjiro, right? Yeah. So again, like he's very specific about wanting him dead, and now he's being very specific about wanting Nezuko dead. This makes me think, and I know this seems obvious now, just like everything does in retrospect, mm. but maybe um, what kicked off the whole series, the brutal murder of his entire family, probably not by accident. Mm. It feels now like so, no. retribution and revenge. Um, Very demon-like. Maybe Muzan was... Maybe Muzan had finally connected the dots on the bloodline. He's like, oh, I'm going to go wipe out the whole bloodline. Mm. Um, and, you know, through some happenstance, Nezuko survives and Tanjiro wasn't present, and here we are. Uh, but do you think it's not happenstance? Like, it, it can't be a random act, right? I don't think so. I think this episode kind of made that concrete that it's not. It wasn't random. It was targeted. So. Yeah. 
it's uh yeah okay um we cut to I, I will applaud them for this i i at first was really not feeling it because we get like the halfway mark in the episode um and we cut to muscle mice <laughs> love it man <laughs> maki maki like, so good every time that like they use them very properly yes sparingly yeah you know what I mean? Like, I feel like the show has learned from, like, the overabundance of Zenetsu in season one. Um, subtle. Subtle. They are, a long way. they are using this bit. You know what I mean? They are just, just a pinch of salt. Yeah. Um, but that shit is hilarious. And then there's a whole, you know, comedic moment between Tengen and his wives and Inosuke. I loved, I did not think they would pull it off, but that was a funny three minutes that I think we might have needed. If not... If that, not even. Like, yeah. It honestly felt like the scene was over in forty-five seconds. Like it was, you know, giving the gears to Nosuke for not applauding him for the flash he's saving, and then the wives like, "We're good." And then just the cutting to him lifting them out of the hole. That was funny. And then like, "All right, let's go," <laughs> you know, and they bolt off. I I, uh, I really got to say, dude, like so many props to this show. This is so hard to do. Uh, this is ironically, you and I have said again and again, one of My Hero Academia's uh, gifts is their ability to introduce new characters and mm-hmm. immediately make you like them. Yep. Um, and that's really hard to do. Like, how many times have you seen a new character just not work? Yeah, um, absolutely. It, it happens all the time. Um, but, like, they are really dialing him up as the flamboyant, flashy, loud, obnoxious guy. And it's it's funny, though. You're, like, laughing out loud. Like, his laugh is funny. Like, he's running on rooftops with the... <laughs> like, and you know what the, cra- the crazy thing is, too? Like, you know, I'm not saying I have a... Um, I'm not, like, turning on Tengen. Mm-hmm. But all I can think about this at this point in the episode was he's all happy-go-lucky. He doesn't really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Do you know how much fucking shit he's in when this yeah. is all over? Yeah. Like, he, like, he's getting... If he Ooh, lives, yeah. I would... I'm not saying I would hold against the show if they didn't do something about it, but he's probably going to get a slap on the wrist for this. Well, you know, dragged like, in to three very well, not very, but low rank demons, mm-hmm. demon slayers, excuse me, and uh, l- definitely let his personal feelings get in. The, I don't know if how serious the, the demon slayer core is about that, but you're right. He let his wives completely cloud his judgment, mm-hmm. and maybe because he. You know, it's hard to say. Do you blame him for that whole block that Doki decimated? If he had been there with better judgment, could he have saved all those lives? Well, if he had done, if you know, it's it, it's hard to say because you know what happens happens. But if he had taken the more subtle approach, to be fair, the boys got into it. You know, like Tanjiro mm-hmm. kind of rose to the occasion, and you know, the D, if if Doki was going to do something like that, she was going to do it. That's not Tengen's fault, but mm-hmm. just the the rushing in the constant like you know go 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 like the plan wasn't fully sorted out you know and to think he was going to take like three random girls mm-hmm. into that and probably get them killed you know like yeah. i think regardless you know i think he would have been in trouble in some way and I, i'm not saying this devalues him as a character i think it makes him more you know there's more layers human. to him more yeah. human for sure because he kind of comes off as just like this aloof mythical creature it, it, they you may know. chalk this up to the fact that Hashira have never defeated upper rank demons yet. Mm. Maybe the fact that he didn't know it was an upper rank until it was potentially too late. Like maybe it's like okay, he couldn't have done a better job because the deception was so good. Sure. Maybe they don't punish. I I don't know, but I, I think you raise a really good point because like 
there are some chinks in the armor here, but I think that's important because it humanizes him a little bit, right? It's like it's like you know like what everyone kind of gives like the Marvel movies the gears for like and like or not just Marvel movies, sorry, like comic book movies in general, just like the mass destruction of cities and like clearly like, the, what would be millions of lives lost that aren't oh, yeah. you know talked about. Nobody talks about it. Nobody talks. And it kind of feels like this. Like these are our people. This is like and they've done a really good job hitting home, but how much life and you know and how livable this world is in for us as viewers, you yeah. know. For a street just to be decimated like that and all those lives lost it's i would be shocked to not because he he had he had the you know the the modest moment of like i did fuck up you know mm-hmm. i think when he sees the scene i think next episode will be important because mm-hmm. he's going to see the scene of what has been caused and i think the guilt is going to come back to him again because mm-hmm. he did feel guilty about Zenitsu. he did know? yeah so it's i, I think there's i think we're going to get more of him in like maybe not obviously we're gonna get some hopefully we get some combat out of him but oh, of I, I think we're gonna get some more you know conversational yeah. stuff out of him and i think it'll go that much further i i wonder you know i remember you know we, we've read and we've heard and we've been told that there's only 11 arcs in total and we're already on six i believe you know are we gonna get an arc with every hashira um yet maybe we don't know but what we do know is we've had two arcs with two hashira and they've done an incredibly good job of making them different, mm. making them human, very distinct, very different personalities. Um, but they still have like this air of experience and superiority in certain circumstances. I think it's really hard to pull off. I think it's a challenge to continue pulling off. If like, if the way this show goes is we just go down eliminating upper rank demons with Hashira, uh, I think it's going to be a challenge to keep that fresh. But I, I believe that this show could do it. It's also very hard, and you know, this the last thing on this, but. You know, it's it's so hard. Specifically, I think it's an anime problem because the power levels are so fucking up and down mm-hmm. in, in in these types of shows, specifically battle shonens. But for the clearly overpowered characters, the high ranking characters on the good side, it's hard to make them realistic. You know, yeah. and it's like you said too. You know, it's it's not just the fact the anime they introduce a new character and they gotta humanize them. Da da da. To take a character like this specifically, and Rengoku was the same way. To you know, give them. You know, to make them stick out other than other than their power, you know, and not yeah. just focus on the fact that they are the overpowered. Like, there's there's nothing more annoying than just like the super OP character comes up. You know, like Levi is similar to them in that regard. Like he's totally. clear. You know, he you actually get the time with him, you get to speak with him. You know, it's I don't know. It's um, but until he gets that development, he is just kind of a trump card. Yeah, absolutely. Until you you decide to invest in that character, they did a really good job doing that with Rengoku. Uh, you know, with the, his love of food and his weird comedy, like mm. his weird obtuseness, and same with uh, same with Tengen. I think they've done really well. So they've proved so far that they're up to it. I'm excited to see how it goes. Great. Okay, back to the rooftop. Tenjiro and Daki talk about the value of human life. At this point, we you know we get some black and white flashbacks of what we can assume is probably Daki's human experience. That's what I was going to ask. Do you think that's her experience, or do you think just kind of generic, the just how she thinks of people? It didn't seem like the same person every time. I think those were her maybe her loved ones. I think maybe mm. she was born. Man, I, what if she was born in a brothel or something mm. like that, and that you know kind of defines her character or something like that? I don't know. I have a feeling we'll revisit that if and when we kill her. Just mm. like if Tanjiro is the one to deal the blow or comfort her as yeah. he tends to do, we might see more of that and kind of what drives her as a character. Another great thing about that show, this show. Um, but then we start fighting again. This is specifically when the Burning Bone Summer Sun thing happens. Yes, yeah. Um, 
I, I well no we already talked about it but what i will qu- say quickly is she does say one thing about like it feels like she's been burned mm. and she can't regenerate properly so here's my question i know we're going long so i won't spend a ton of time on this that's a big fucking episode yeah, <laughs> yeah. is sun breathing when used correctly going to prevent demons from regenerating like do you think this is the equalizer that the demon slayers need like if you remember rengoku versus akaza that you know rengoku was doing well it was the regeneration that simply he just couldn't keep up with and if you remember tenjo's monologue post rengoku death he's yelling at akaza in the forest being like you always run away when it's daytime it's not fair that you can regenerate we're the ones putting ourselves on the line it feels like and i might be reaching here but like maybe sun breathing is the equalizer maybe Mm. he's going to find a way to employ this in a way that they can't just grow limbs back at the drop of a hat does that make sense that would be interesting that would be that would be very cool if that's like the new power balance they introduced into the show where like he touches them you know yes like they can continue living and do you know have this overpower but like if he gets that hit in like they're fucked yeah you know like he forever cauterizes the wound or whatever it is it's and it's interesting to think yeah and, you know, it's aptly named sun breathing. And their one weakness is sunlight. Like, it's like he's harnessing that power. It would make sense if that particularly nerfs them. You know what I mean? Very interesting. So, and, something to think about. Certainly. Um, the rest of this is all pure Sakuga. Um, Unreal. Un- some of the best animation I've seen ever. Obviously, some of the best in Demon Slayer. I think it might be the very famous episode 19 in uh, season 1, literally called hinokami kagura when he fights rui yeah i think it might beat that a lot of parallels to that scene in the scene yeah. for obvious yeah. reasons i think but, yeah uh, um another one of my favorite moments I, I hate to stay in the pocket so much but this episode no? was so fucking good man oh, <laughs> is is when she realizes her hands are trembling mm. and i think she realizes like this isn't even my fear <laughs> like she yeah. doesn't outright say it but she's like she she realizes she's afraid and then she gets that ping and then she says muzan yeah so do you think like she's sensing his own fear do you think he's taking a peek into the situation and he's a fr- or or maybe just like because there's a link in that moment where he's you know observing because we know he can yes i think it's either that or because she's quite literally bore from his cells the experiences like live within her in a way mm. that she doesn't fully understand or can't tap into yep. and her own body might be instinctually afraid mm. of encountering this particular force again assuming assuming i guess this makes the assumption that muzan would have got his ass beat by tandro's ancestor before he created created the upper six and then he created them and now they have mm. like this built-in fear. I know I'm reaching, but I'm just thinking like lore-wise. I don't know. It could be an early, you know, because we, you know, we were talking earlier. It could be, it, it's starting to feel more like it was an early days thing. You know, like he he barely got away. You know, maybe maybe in a similar way that you know, I guess kind of to keep the, the the podcast going is you know, Tandro gasses out at mm-hmm. the final blow. You know, it, maybe that was like a similar moment to also to fucking Doki. The second the second Tandro's shit got talk. nothing left, she immediately starts shit talking again. I'm like, oh, you're such a good villain. Like, I love that. I love that I she do. immediately rolls right back into the role. There was no like phew moment. It was just like, anyway, as I was saying, got you, you bitch, you peasant. know. <laughs> yeah, it was just. <laughs> I I love that uh, two Sakuga moments. We got to point out the near decapitation, and then she saves herself with the belt. I appreciate <sighs> that she was crafty enough to do that. 
Yep. Upper six, they do shit like this. Yep. So. This ain't no, you know, just because you got a hit in, it doesn't mean it's going to be that easy, even though you've unlocked Super Saiyan 4. Mm. Um, and also, the moment where he straightens out all 13 of the belts, this and is the rolls. moment where he, yeah. right as he runs out of stamina, this, like, insane fucking, like, 3,000 frame sequence of him ducking dipping diving diving and dodging whatever it is just all the twists and then as he's coming to take her head off she says uh he gets the flash from his little sister saying breathe mm. i will say like i rewatched this episode a couple times not once does he like say concentration breathing not once do you see him suck in air like the show is always showing you him breathing before yep. he does a move and it's true. He did not breathe once. <laughs> like, no. Just holding his breath. Just going he was just all for it. Yeah. so in the zone that he just forgot to breathe. I don't yeah. mind that. No. Um, so he, he, yeah, he goes. Uh, it was it, it was also ahead. better they showed her, the sis, his sister, you know, oh, showing yeah. that. Because if it, him just gassed out and fell over, we've already seen that. The scene. Or, you know, in this arc already. You're right. You know, last episode. So it was good they were able to narratively kind of be like, hey. Yeah. Know, it was like a it's, fresh way to remind you of his ceiling, yes, or of uh, absolutely, yeah, of the like of the cool down on this particular. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Good point. Um, as Doki's talking shit, Nezuko kicks her head off. <laughs> Love that. Love that for her. The, the kicks, flying, flying, flying kick. It's so good. Yeah. So then you know this. Uh, this is like the last four minutes of the episode, and it it's paced races, and you could feel like they really wanted to get this in this episode because it's very fast also reminded me of my hero let's get the next fight started in this episode and then we'll continue we'll finish yes. it out next but, week but you know what like i almost prefer that because it's effective when it's used correctly this was this was done right yeah. um because you know a lesser show or my hero they may have like paced out tanjiro gassing and nezuko saving him and nezuko's transformation to a whole episode that could easily be a whole episode yeah, of my hero awesome. um this you know this happens at four minutes yeah this is extremely fast mm-hmm. so she kicks off Doki's head Doki recovers we get the scene of muzan saying hey get the girl in the in the uh in the pink she's a demon she got away from me like miss tamayo she says yes sir gotcha she goes in and just decimates nezuko yeah <laughs> i really appreciate that though I appreciate that it required a transformation and all that because I was like, okay, it's great that Nezuko got the sneak attack in, but we should probably get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Because you, like, you're not ready for this. No. Turns out she is. Or yes. we're, we're, we're Actually, you know what? We're about to find out. Yeah. But, you know, she loses a leg. She loses an arm. They don't show her losing the whole torso. They kind of do because they do show the ribbon. It almost yeah. fully connects through her body. Like, yes. It almost looks like she's wearing it at one point, which I thought was kind of cool. It, it, it was cool, but it looked weird. It was it was similar to when, um, the when Tanjiro was trying to free the Oiron. Like she looked normal when she yeah. was in the wave, but then when it, it was on the ground, it kind of looked weirdly flat. Yeah, the CG of the belt in certain instances in the episode, not to be nitpick, you know, because no, I no. think it's a great episode. But there was a couple instances where some of the stray belt shots looked weird, like clearly, I, like overly, overtly yeah. CG'd. I think it was noticeable in this Nesco scene. I but. wasn't sure why they didn't show her just getting cut in two. It's like, clearly, like, from the first ten minutes of the episode, you're not worried about gore. But yeah. whatever. Um, thrown into a house, Doki does, proceeds to do more shit talking. And then this is the moment, right? Uh, she stands up. She's clearly regenerated. We see her piccolo regenerate her arm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we get this transformation. I don't even know what to call this. 
like I think maybe for now we just call them both berserker mode. I don't know. Do you think this is permanent, or do you think this is just like when she needs to freaking kick on the gears? I haven't got a fucking clue. I, that's what I'm out of this whole thing. That's what I'm curious of. If this is just like she's gonna go back to hiding in the box. But you know what though, Dave? They showed the box getting damaged and being sliced. I'm wondering if that's kind of the death of the Ooh. box, you know? And box she's death. now box death, you know? But how's she going to be? That, I don't know. There's there's so much here. <laughs> yeah. A, a good thing about this is that this show has normalized demons being able to alter their entire appearance. Yeah. Uh, Nezuko included. She's able to shrink quite easily. Mm-hmm. So if they don't want to do that and they just want to say get back in the box, mm-hmm. I feel like she'll have no problem doing that um but if they want to you know expand on this growth and have her be a nighttime companion of some sort that walks and talks because you know the the big thing here is she bites through her bamboo muzzle we, mm. she, we see her face for the first time she grows a fucking horn yeah uh we'll talk about that in a minute um she grows uh markings like leaves all over her oh, there's point where that they're green at first and she gets a hit on docky and they start fading yeah. like blood red i was like oh yeah That's so cool i'll state the obvious she looks older she grew yeah. boobs there's like cleavage now they, they change her yeah, uh everything about her is different wildly yeah um she doesn't talk i you know i would love we for do her get, to... we do get va or do we get voiceover that's that's the thing because there's almost like a flashback to her for her and tanjiro like, yeah almost like she's being talked to is that the younger sister again talking I, about the two of them I think it was. I mm-hmm. think it was. Because okay. the this... I'm glad you mentioned that because I almost forgot about it. And this feels purposeful. It's a weird story, frankly. Yeah. But I, uh, and it almost didn't fit. But I think the TLDR version and what they're trying to get at is like... A kind person that gets mad is very scary. Yeah. That's kind of the moral of that weird parable. No, it's not a parable. But of that weird story the younger sibling tells and i think that is like okay clearly like tenjiro is has been established as this pure-hearted character and he just got mad and it yeah. was indeed scary yeah he went fucking wild yeah and maybe <laughs> now the same yeah. nezuko's turn exactly yeah. um so i don't know but i you know whoever does uh nezuko's voiceover is like the little <laughs> grunts yeah they've always been very effective the show uses them very well mm-hmm. but i'd be very curious to see if we're going to get a voice acted, like a contributing speaking role from her now that she doesn't have the muzzle. Uh, do you know what the real sad shit would be if like Tanger's ga- up on the roof, completely gassed out, asleep, you know, trying to recoup. By the time he from, wakes from, up, she's gone. She'll be, she'll, well, no, she'll be back to perform. Yeah, she's yeah, not yeah. talking again. Yeah. But, you know, like, she, wonder if there's going to be a moment like fucking of all people. Of all people, I bet you Zenitsu is going to be asleep still. Only oh, Inosuke is so going to hear funny. her talk, and you know he's going to be like, "Why? Well, yeah, I had a conversation with your sister." <laughs> you Dude, know? that would be <laughs> that would be so anime. Oh, I love it, Inosuke. He's 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 coming up top <clears throat> this whole season. Yeah, he. They're all uh, being used very effectively. I would yeah. like more Zenitsu, but I think the problem is you need more Zenitsu without the annoying Zenitsu, mm. um, and I don't know if they know how to do that yet. Or I don't if think he's there. I don't yet. think I think he specifically has not. Like we're not. I think we're gonna get more out of him, specifically. Yeah, we have what at least five. Yeah, about five episodes to go. We got time. Yeah, plenty. Um. So yeah, and then you know, there's another brief conflict. She cuts off. Um. Daki cuts off Nezuko's uh, leg again as she's coming in for a kick. She kind of says, "Are you like a one-trick pony? Is this mm. all you know how to do?" Cuts it off, 
and she regrows it so fast that she gets a kick in with the same leg with the same leg yeah. and um Daki had said you know her regeneration is on upper tier level so i guess she wasn't kidding because she regrew it that fast that time mm-hmm. so clearly you know we've seen some moments like this from nezuko in the past specifically with lady tamayo when uh nezuko goes head to head with the tamari demon mm. you know they're like this doesn't really track but then again nezuko might be different because she was asleep for two years she's never fed on humans clearly i, I just don't know if there's been a demon like her so i'm sure we're, this will all be explained in time I do hope this is not just a battery charge, you know, like the battery was, you know, it's been on the wall yeah. for like two years. Now it's ready to go or whatever. And then we're going to do this again it. for two more years. That would be a bummer. But, you know, I don't know. Like it's just, it would be wasted cast to me, you know, like if she's yeah. not there to join in other fights, but it is crowded. Yeah. I understand that. Maybe, maybe assuming there's something magical or special about Tanjiro's bloodline vis-a-vis sun breathing, maybe that mm. plays a a role into what happens if they're turned into demons. Hadn't thought of that Maybe either. it has something to do with what happens to demons when they don't feast on humans. I don't know, but I think we'll find out. Um, and, you know, as she's crushing Daki's fucking spine, uh, that's when we uh, we get a headshot of Nezuko and it cuts to credits. And then, you know, the after credits is really just Tengen and the boys rushing. We don't have time for one of these this week, so we're going to run flashy on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> so good. That was very, very fitting. Oh, fuck. Oh, my so, God. Um, obviously, safe to say, best episode of the season. By far, yeah. Um, yeah, I think maybe we're going to have to wait till end of season to decide if it's, like, best ever or whatever. But, like, this is a... You know, this was trending worldwide 55 minutes after its air date or air time. This was mm. a really, really big one. Man, this is what this podcast is for. This is fucking, fucking killer. Yeah. What do you think? Can we wrap it up here? Yeah, yeah, we got we got we have a long night of good shit to talk night. about. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of which, guys, uh, thank you for listening. But uh, as we've mentioned over the last few weeks, Attack on Titan is back as well. So if you've made it uh, this far, uh, listen a little bit longer. Um, we're going to continue covering uh, Demon Slayer week to week until it's over. So you know, five or six more episodes. Um, but we're also going to be covering Attack on Titan Attack on Titan season four part two, which just started airing. Uh, same deal there we're not manga readers we're just watching the anime along with everybody else um so we're gonna have two episodes out a week uh, demon slayer and attack on titan um probably you know coming out on wednesdays and thursdays um you know m- m- that might deviate every now and again but two a week and in the meantime the post show will be postponed just while we do these two episodes a week but then we're gonna get back to the post show coming out on fridays once demon slayer is over which all said is like in like five weeks anyway so We'll be back with more post-show and with lots of Attack on Titan. We will be back. It's, uh, if you're an anime fan, you eatin' right now. Goddamn. We eatin'. Okay, guys. Uh, follow us on social media, specifically Instagram, if you can. Thank you very much for listening. Like, comment, subscribe. Do the appropriate social media thing. Um, thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Cheers. <laughs>